Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. Today's guest says he's been to hell, but it was through that journey that he became the man that he was meant to be. Today we're joined by retired Staff Sergeant Shiloh Harris. He spent 48 days in a medically induced coma with burns over 35% of his body. We're going to find out how all of that happened. And we're going to hear more about his story and how God reshaped him to be who he is today on Connections. We're joined again by Shiloh Harris. He always knew that he wanted to become a soldier. He is the son of a Vietnam veteran. So after September 11th, he decided to enlist in the U.S. Army. During his second deployment, though, he experienced a life-altering injury. The armored vehicle he was in struck an IED, and that ended the lives of three of his fellow soldiers and left him with 35% of his body covered in severe third-degree burns, and that eventually led him to be in an induced coma for 48 days. Now, Shiloh, yesterday you were saying that that 48 days was hell, and you never, ever want to go through something like that again. It's actually caused some issues when I go back for surgeries and they're getting ready to put me to sleep. You know, I, I remember there was a moment back in, uh, let's see, I want to say it was like 2010, and I went in for probably, you know, like surgery 55 or 56. And I remember right before I was going to sleep, I started having this panic attack, like, what if I don't wake up? And I just, I, I didn't want to feel like that way anyway, anymore. And so once I got done with that surgery, I told him, I was like, I got to take a break. I'm done. Uh, because I, I just had like this huge panic attack. And uh, I knew that I needed to make a change. And, you know, and even though I had my faith to guide me a lot of times, you know, when you're in a dark, scary place like that, uh, much like depression, I guess you could say, you know, as far as people's mentality, uh, you know, when you start looking at depression or these dark moments, you feel like there's not a lot of, of hope and faith. Uh, but I've always been able to stick close to my, my roots with faith. And I think that that helped me survive a lot of horrible moments. Yeah, you mentioned faith. Did you have faith before uh, the explosion happened or is faith something that came afterwards in your recovery? Uh, great question. I uh, grew up in West Texas. And again, I mentioned, you know, my grandfather was a World War II or a, he was a veteran. He served in World War II, the Korean War, and actually ended up retiring from the military. And he was a, I guess you could say he kind of went to church to check the box. I know he believed in God, but uh, he would take me to church with him and then he would fall asleep sometimes while we were sitting in the pew, but I listened, you know, and I'd go to the Sunday schools and, and that sort of thing. And I've always felt like I've known Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. You know, it was like, it was not really practiced in my house, even though we believed in God and believed in Jesus. It was like, there wasn't this in-depth conversation about it. But as, a, as time went on, my faith grew, and I did become to know the Lord. Yeah, so even on deployments, you know, we would have prayer groups. And that day, I did have a prayer group. And it was just, you know, I, I tried to imagine God's arms protecting us and shielding us as we were driving down those roads from all the bad things. But when I was in that coma, it's like I didn't have that voice. I didn't have that opportunity. It was like, it was a faithless realm, like an abyss. I mean, it was horrible. But once I came out of the coma, I 
got to where I was leaning on my faith, uh, there was a gentleman that used to come visit with me, Colonel Montavo, and uh, he would just talk about just about anything. But uh, our conversations usually went back to our faith, you know, and, and we'd pray together, we would have fellowship, you know, and, and if I had questions, he would try to answer them. And if he didn't know, he'd go look them up. And it was just a, a great conversation. And uh, as my recovery went on, I leaned more and more on my faith because I could see that my faith was inspiring me. And it's just, it's what kept me grounded. And obviously I feel like I have a calling now to represent the Lord and faith in general, because I know that faith, whatever people's faith are, can help them through their darkest moments. One of the things you say often in a lot of your speeches and your speaking is that you're here because of God and that this journey has helped you to become the man that you were meant to be. Who is that man that you were meant to be? Uh, great question. I, st I still feel like I'm uh, learning to be that person. Uh, each day I try to be a better version of myself. And, and I think that's all any of us can do, uh, you know, is to try to be a better version of yourself today, better than you were yesterday. Now, that person that I think I'm on my way to become is hopefully a man that has a ministry, uh, you know, or at least works with ministry as, as much as possible to try to encourage faith. But I think the biggest thing is, is at this particular point in my life, God needs me to understand him. And so recently I decided to go back to school uh, to the uh, University of Incarnate Word here in San Antonio and seek a religious uh, religious studies degree. So I'm really excited about that. And, uh, you know, first semester down, uh, I was already like, oh my gosh, I, you know, that's what I thought. You know, and it's like, I've been doing all this, uh, research on, on uh, I guess you could say, the history of Christianity. And I mean, it's just been a huge eye-opener for me. Uh, you know, some of those gut feelings being confirmed and finding new insights into faith. You've uh, now written about your experience as well. Tell us what that was like to go through everything and get it out uh, in, in uh, book form. I yeah, guess it's been a, a few years now, but what was it like? <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was a hard process, to be honest. Uh, you know, I didn't know if I really wanted to put a lot of that out there because, you know, when you know, when it's one thing to tell your story on stage, that seems like uh, a more intimate group. Even if it's a, let's say, five thousand people, you know, this is only five thousand people. You write a book, you don't know who's going to pick the book up. I guess you know there was a uh, that mystery to it, and I didn't know if I wanted to do it. Uh, Robin, the writer on the book, she was very supportive and very understanding. And uh, she wrote a couple of chapters, you know, just uh, based on what me and her had discussed. And she said, I just want to see what you think about this. And anyway, as I was reading it, I was just like, wow. I was like, you make me sound like I'm, I'm pretty good. And she goes, hey, these are your words. She's like, this is what you say. And these are the things that you've shared with me. Shala, what kinds of feelings and emotions did you experience while putting this book together? I found myself on a bit of a roller coaster as well, having to relive a lot of those moments in combat that, you know, I wasn't always on the forefront of my mind. And now I've got to go in depth into this and try to remember how I felt try to remember how it smelled, try to remember the things that I've seen and, and the people that I worked with. And it was really powerful. It was really emotional. Uh, it, was, it was a roller coaster of emotions, but I'm glad that we did it. And right there on the edge of 
me deciding if I was going to write Steel Will or not. I remember uh, there was a, a young soldier that I worked with. Uh, he ended up killing himself, or at least that's what uh, they believe. And, you know, the, many of us that served with him have a hard time believing that because he was always that upbeat person that, that, that it wasn't in his character to go down this road of suicide. I mean, you, you wouldn't have hardly imagined that the guy ever had a bad day in his life. I mean, he was just always happy. And when that happened, I realized I do need to share my successes. I need to share my, my faith. I, I need to share these tools so other people can use them and apply them. And hopefully we can save a life. And that was exactly what I told Robin. I said, if we can save one life with this book, then it's mission accomplished for me. It's such an important point for so many people that have gone through difficult things, right? If we share our stories and our experiences, though, it might help at least just one person and you save a life with that story, then it's worth it, right? Absolutely. That's absolutely right. Uh, Shiloh, we're almost out of time already. I think we need to bring you on another time to talk to you more. But for for people that have... They're suffering with a variety of things, people, different experiences, and maybe they're struggling with their faith, questioning where is God in the midst of this horrible suffering. Uh, what do you say to people? God is right there beside you. He's never left you. And all you have to do is say his name, and he's there for you. Uh, you know, for those people that are out there that are suffering and, and worried, you know, I get it. There's days that we are too. It, you know, what is it they say? Is the only thing that you have to fear is fear itself. Fear is in your head. You know, I mean, it, it may be uneasy and you may be seeing other people suffer, you know, but lean on your faith. Be that rock that other people need. Ask the question. And if you do feel like you need to pick me up, you know, reach out to those people that are close to you that uh, are like-minded that you know could potentially lift you up. But God is there. God is always with you. And I can say that for a fact. I've seen it. For people who want to learn more about you, about your book, um, about your story, how do they go about doing that? So, yeah, if uh, anybody would like to uh, look up the book, you know, uh, Jamie and I have it on uh, BoundlessSpirit.com. Yeah, BoundlessSpirit. Boundlessspiritinternational.com. It's really long. Shiloh Harris page and it'll take Oh, yeah, yeah. There's shilohharris.com. Uh, but yeah, Balanced Spirit International. And, uh, you know, it, and that's one way to find Steel Will. Uh, hopefully, Jamie and I will get our other book done. We've just had a couple of setbacks. We were supposed to have it out this year. And then uh, we had some other things come up. But, uh, yeah, we're working steadily on getting our other book out. Uh, we don't know the name just yet, but uh, anyway, I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited that you guys had me on the show. Thanks, Shiloh, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can do that by visiting podcastville.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcasts from. We'll talk to you again on Connections.